All right, you need to listen to this three minutes of guitar. And then we're going to get into a bonus special podcast with Stefan Remble, who will be coming to the Ram's Head on stage May 26th. Hey, those that know me know that I appreciate great music and always love discovering new music. And those that know me also know that I don't know a lot about music or art for that, but I do know when I like it. Uh, Today, I'm talking to an artist who has been around for a long time and somehow slipped under my radar. And so now I have discovered and become a fan of Stefan Remble, who is a magician with the guitar, who will be at Ramshead on stage for a single show May 26th. And any of you Naval Academy families listening, you want to listen up because this is a perfect night out before graduation and commissioning. Stefan, welcome. And I am your newest super fan. Hello. Thank you. I am. It was funny. I put Spotify on this morning and it didn't go off. I was like, okay, one after another, after another. It was great. I love, I love your music. 
Thank you. I do. Well, I'll tell you, the New York Times did say I saw said, quote, perhaps the most creative improviser in gypsy jazz today, Mr. Remble plays the guitar with rich and colorful lyricism. And that's not too shabby coming from the New York Times, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I tell you, I'm not I'm not familiar with the gypsy jazz. What can you explain that a little bit? Well, um, first, there's there's not really such thing as gypsy jazz. I really I don't endorse that word at all. Um, I think there is Django Reinhardt and there is jazz. And I could I wouldn't be able to tell you what makes gypsy jazz. I don't I don't I really don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> I think it's everything that comes from Django. I don't know. Okay. But anyway, I, I I usually prefer to go by the the Django style uh, guitar playing. Django revolutionized the guitar playing with like, his right hand technique, his uh, sense of harmony. Basically, he showed us how guitar is played. Not only in jazz, because when I refer to jazz, I refer to New Orleans. I refer to the original archetypal thing that was born in the late 19th century in New Orleans. That's really what I refer to when I say jazz. Uh, to me, uh, Miles Davis is not jazz. John Coltrane is not jazz. Charlie Parker is not jazz. Charlie Parker is Charlie Parker. Miles Davis is Miles Davis. John Coltrane is John Coltrane. They already like put a lot of themselves uh, in their music, which comes from jazz, but is not jazz. It comes from, yes. So um, I, I always refer to the Mother Lord, which was uh, played mainly on uh, the horns, the horn section, right. brass, and percussion, and also piano, like with the stride and all. It probably comes from that even. Um, but uh, the, the horns, the way they were playing and all, um, Django and his band, they emulated that with the guitars, with the strings, actually. It was a string quintet, three guitars, upright bass, and violin, which has a very different groove um, than the, the sousaphone, for example, to use a, an upright bass. And the guitars on rhythm, it sounds different than the piano and the banjo and the whole thing. So there is, no, there is no horns, no brass in Django's band. So it's all string quintets. And he showed how to play jazz on strings. And he showed us all the path uh, to, to jazz on the guitar. And then, he, then he had, there was also a lot of Django after that. The right. early Django is a lot of that original path on the guitar that he showed us. And then it became more and more like himself. So it's a funny thing. He did what, you know, like maybe Louis Armstrong did one thing and Miles Davis did another. He did both things in a very short period of time showed us the the articulation of it and the archetype of it on the guitar and then uh, managed to move on and like put a lot of himself in it um so that's that's how i think well uh, about, I, I will about I, and going about jazz well I, I will say that listening to you um you know i found that i, I was compulsively tapping my toes and snapping my fingers and it really did remind me, and I haven't been there in, in a long time, but back to your roots. I mean, it reminded me of a small jazz club in Paris, uh, any small jazz club in Paris. And I mean, based on your accent, I mean, that's, that is where you're from, right? Paris or, or France? France, Fontainebleau. Okay. How long have you been in, um, you're in New York now. And how long have you been in New York? Uh, actually, I'm in Maplewood, New Jersey, uh, which is right across New York. 
But I've been uh, I've been in the U.S. since 2000, so 22 years. I was first in Boston for three years, then New York City, then New Jersey. Well, there you are. Well, I'll tell you, you've done have got quite an incredible career. I mean, you've got 16 albums, and they're mostly under the uh, you know under your name, as well as uh, you know Stepan Remble, as well as uh, Django Unch- Django Unchained, right? No, that's a movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Django Experiments. That's right. So that's a little series of like six albums I did uh, last few years um, to celebrate the music of Django. But um, yeah, I've been for the past few years, and unfortunately, I got blocked a little bit by uh, by the COVID. But um, I developed my festival Django uh, Django Agogo. So every year, I bring like some great European masters to the area of New York City with a guitar camp and we have a concert series. So the first year, um, it's going to be 20 years, but the first year formula with the camp and a big venue, which was Carnegie Hall the first year, started in 2017. And um, so for a few years, I really worked on that and worked on the music of Django, but now I'm going back to my my own music. I will play less and less Django. But my festival is still going once a year. That's what I wanted, you know, to like bring that back, you know. And then, like, leave the the covering Django's music a little bit, right? Right. And right. of my music, right? Well, you you also you also um, participated with the score of two movies with uh, actually both Woody Allen movies. You've got Vicky Cristina Barcelona and Mid- well, Midnight in Paris. And how how did that end up coming up? How did you end up connecting with Woody Allen's people to work on those? They asked me if I could compose. Um, now, at first, they asked me if they could use my song uh, Big Brother for the movie Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Then they asked me if I could compose the theme for Midnight in Paris. Then I was invited on a scene in Magic in the Moonlight, but the scene was deleted. And then I, I was the, the hired composer for the whole soundtrack of Rifkin Festival. Okay. All right. Interesting. Interesting. Well, when you come to Annapolis on May 26th to the Ramshead on stage, are you bringing, you're bringing the, a full quartet with you? Trio. Awesome. Well, tickets are still available. I know you can get them at ramsheadonstage.com. And I do suggest that you go and do that there. Question for you. You've played obviously all over Europe and obviously in in France, but do you see any difference between the audiences between the US and Europe? And do you have a preference, I guess? <laughs> no, you know, people are different everywhere, a little bit in their reaction, but the the American crowd is a bit more cheerful and interactive, uh, more like jazz rock uh, in education. And the French crowd is more educated in classical, so they have more of a tendency to sit down quietly and clap and be a little bit more like serious about it. But I don't think it really changed the interaction between us and the and the people. In the end, it's not really uh, what matters. We have to go beyond that. I think that we're all the same. We're human beings. So we're all different and all the same. We all dream. We all have poetry in us. We all have that, that something. So well, and uh, mu- that's, mu- what, mu- that's mu- what we connect to, you know. And music is the great equalizer, too. I mean, you know, that's it's a common language, uh, no matter where you go. I don't the, know what that is. In the world. I, I don't know what music is, honestly. <laughs> I know that I'm doing it. I don't know why we have music. I don't know why we do it why we need it. I just know it's there and it's part of the human experience. So it's a very deep part. I don't, uh, but I, 
I don't know what it is. That's true. Well, I recognize it when it's there. <laughs> yeah, it's sort, of, it's sort of like music and art for me. I I, I recognize it when I like it, um, and I, I know when I don't like it. But it's uh, it's kind of funny. And and I would think that the difference in crowd sizes probably makes a big difference to you. I know, you know, with a large crowd, you can probably motivate it, and and that probably seems amazing in some senses. But in a smaller cabaret type of a situation, you almost can have a relationship with the people that are there listening to you. I mean. It, and th- which is equally as amazing. Yeah, I don't really feel any difference. I think the main difference is in the sound. When we play a big hall like Carnegie Hall or the Town Hall, uh, we're going to play Lincoln Center in uh, November, like uh, two nights at the, the Rose Music Hall as well. Uh, we're headlining two nights there. So these are big halls, you know? Right. And the sound carries a certain way. And we don't play the same when the sound carries that way than when we're in a, in, in a closer in a smaller environment where the sound bounces right away. So this is really the main difference. It's in the sound. Otherwise the, the connection is the same, you know, like we connect to people the, the same way. I don't really see any, any major difference in both. Of course, we, we're not a rock band. We don't play stadiums. So, Maybe there is something different there, you know, but for us, like playing Carnegie Hall or playing uh, a smaller venue, it's really like the sound that changes. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense to me. You know, and, and I'll tell you, you know, as I was listening to your music this morning and, and the days before leading up to our conversation, I mean, it runs really from the sultry, very romantic, um, you know, to, you know, almost, you know, just swing, almost swing jazz. And I mean, you really have a whole variety of music that's really mixed up in between there. I mean, do you enjoy the slower stuff or the, the faster stuff? Do you have a preference to, or is there a song that you really like playing? I don't think in those terms, um, especially when I play my music, each song has a story. So there is, um, um, a theme behind, you know, and so depending on the theme, we play different kind of songs. So I usually tell the story. I tell like what's behind that song so everyone can get in their own imagination. Then we play the song and we are all in our imagination. Me, because as playing the song, I think of the theme and I, I try to score it in my head. It's like I have images. It's like a very dreamy feeling. And I think it's the same way for the audience. We get into a dream together. But everyone is going to have his own dreams. See, when I have a song, uh, for example, called uh, uh, um, Voyager for Carl Sagan, it's a song about space travel, uh, not like Star Trek, but more like um, I imagine that um, um, the Voyager, uh, the, uh, the Voyager spacecraft, you know, right, right. that took all the pictures traveling through space right now. And imagine that travels through space in mind like that and what is out there you know so it's a it's a journey into space um if anything a bit like 2001 space odyssey you know like sure these images like that that i had in mind so when i play it that's what i have in mind that 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 feeling you know and i think that people have that feeling too but everyone is going to go on a different journey because we don't even perceive the world the same we are all different we get exposed to the same thing, but we don't experience it the same. You know, I love that concept of sharing 
different dreams with the same experience. I, I love right. the, I love that. I can't I can't I cannot wait to see you live. Um, I, I honestly can. I mean, Spotify, I think, probably does not do you justice by any means. Tell you what, if you're walking down the street here in Annapolis and you run across some kind some stranger and you, and you and you want them to come to your show, what song do you tell them to listen to that's going to make them say, "Hey, I've got to get to Ram's Head on stage and hear Stefan." They can listen to Voyager, for example, or Bistro Fada. It's the song I wrote for the Woody Allen movie. It's a good it's a good waltz. Okay. Fantastic. Well, I'll Voyager tell you. is a good one. Well, I'll tell you, I will, for one, will be at the show at Ram's Head on stage on the 26th of May. The doors do open at 7 p.m. The show is at 8 p.m. And you can get tickets at ramsheadonstage.com. And I do recommend everybody do this. Uh, Stefan Remble, who is just exquisite uh, on on the guitar, is going to be here for one show. And it's going to be one that you don't want to miss here in Annapolis. This is... uh, this is a special show and I encourage everybody to get to it and I appreciate your time this afternoon and uh, you know I, my daughter lives up in Manhattan I'm going to tell her to make sure to get over to see your sort of residency over in Brooklyn that you do on Sunday nights appreciate your time today and you know I wish you safe travels down here and I can't wait to see your show thank you so much I really appreciate you uh, interviewing me thank you righty. take care thank you have a good day bye bye
This has been a bonus podcast from Ion Annapolis. Please visit us at ionanapolis.net. Follow us on Facebook at All Annapolis and on Twitter at Ion Annapolis. And if you haven't subscribed to the Daily News Brief podcast, go for it. And all of your local news will be delivered to your phone, tablet, or smart device by 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday.